Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor. Today, I'm going to be starting off with a baseball movie review for the movie that I picked out, which is The Rookie, a 2002 film starring Dennis Quaid, and it's a true story about a player who made his debut later on in his life. And then I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the spring training games from the last couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that should probably cover it for this episode. That'll probably be more than enough content here. Before we get into that, I'd like to just ask you all to please like and subscribe, follow this podcast on whatever podcast provider you listen on. Give us a rating and a review. Feel free to send any questions, comments, or anything to the email, athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com, or reach us on our social media, Instagram at athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast, Twitter at athletics underscore pod, and finally, send an email to the Oakland mayor for me and let her know that you want the A's to stay in Oakland. Be nice, be polite, but that would definitely, I think, help to get some pressure on the city to pick it up a little bit on their part. All right. I think it's time for a baseball movie review here. The Rookie, if you haven't seen it, well, you probably should check it out. I'll say I liked it. Honestly, one of my one of my favorite, one of my top baseball movies. It's a Disney movie, but it's not a goofy kid movie like Angels in the Outfield or anything like that. If you've seen that, you know what I'm talking about. The early 2000s, super cheesy, also a Disney movie, I think. This is not like that. This is a real story, and it's a true story. It's a story about... Jim Morris, a pitcher who basically, as the movie portrays it, he's obsessed with baseball his whole life. It's it's everything to him. He he wants to be a pitcher. He wants to be a, a big league pitcher when he grows up. And he spends all his free time throwing a baseball, basically. And it he doesn't get all the help that he needs to really make that happen. He is basically stuck with his uh, military dad dragging him around the country to different cities, and eventually they wind up in a location that doesn't actually have a baseball team. So he grows up, he still tries to pursue his dream, and does get drafted. This is all kind of, like, really quickly just mentioned or, or... implied in the movie in various ways, but basically it implies that he does get drafted, that he had a bunch of injuries and had to get a bunch of surgeries, and even when he was in his prime and young, he was only throwing about 85 miles an hour, and that there were many reasons why it didn't work out for him. However, he is, at that point, a high school baseball coach, in that same town, 
that didn't have a baseball team that he grew up in, and baseball is just not very popular in that town, so he's got sort of a ragtag team of misfits, sort of, and they strike a deal with each other, where if they do really well in their season, if they make it to uh, the state championship, then he will go and try out again, because they saw him pitch. Basically, the movie, and then from that point, obviously, he impresses, he gets drafted, and he actually plays. They never actually in the movie mention how old he really is at any of the at any of these points. However, in real life, Jim Morris made his rookie appearance at 35 and he actually played two seasons. That was in 1999 and 2000. And then the movie was made in 2002, so pretty recently after that actually happened. A little fun fact for you about the movie is Jim Morris was actually, the real guy was actually in the movie as one of the umpires. So he had sort of a cameo in, uh, in a movie about himself, which is kind of fun. But, you know, main, main guy is played by Dennis Quaid, and there's some other actors and actresses that you might recognize, but a lot of them are also not necessarily big names. But it was well acted, the writing was, was pretty good, and I really like it because it's sort of three movies in one, if that makes any sense. It's like three, three storylines, three different types of baseball movie where the first part is the first part is sort of him growing up him loving baseball and and uh struggling to get the opportunity to do it you know sort of like a childhood dream sort of a thing and that part is pretty short but is sort of its own like baseball thing you know and the second part which is distinctly different is sort of like uh, another very stereotypical, but in a in a good way, baseball thing, with, uh, baseball movie thing, which is the plucky underdog team coming back and fighting and succeeding. You know, sort sort of like a a bad news bears sort of a thing, or um, or it kind of has like Sandlot vibes to it as well. And then there's a sharp break from that to the the part of the movie where he's actually trying to become a professional again, where that has uh, a completely different feel to it. And it's, it's sort of just a whole, you know, it's like three distinct baseball themes. That's that's what I got for you for that movie. I'm going to say it gets an 8.5 out of 10 for me. And it really just made me miss baseball so much after this long off season. And spring training is just now starting. But, you know, it's kind of tough to watch these games. They're they're uh, not, not all of them are really televised. And, 
you know, the hours are, are a little bit different than a lot of regular season games would be. So I am itching for baseball season to start here. So with that, let's actually go and talk about baseball. Let's talk about the A's. Let's talk about the spring training games from the last couple of days, how the A's are looking, how the A's are doing, and, well, in a word, it's weird. <laughs> we we started off 2-0, and and then we lost on Monday and lost on Tuesday and tied on Wednesday. Yes, a tie. I actually was surprised by that. You might be as well. And I didn't remember seeing any any tie spring training games. I guess there were a couple of years where I wasn't really paying much attention to spring training. And then for about 20 years, there were no tie spring training games. I don't know if there was a rule change at some point, but from from something like 1994, 1992 until 2012 or 2015 or something like that, 20 plus years, I think, there were no tie games that I could find. I had to look this up, you know, when I saw that the A's had tied. I was like, is this a, is this a new thing? And apparently it's not because there have been ties... Uh, at least back until 2017, and then there were also some ties in the 80s. And it was... it's I wasn't really able to find a lot of info about that otherwise. So, maybe they've always been there. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe for some reason they just didn't happen for a long stretch of time by chance. I don't know. But super unsettling to see a baseball game end in a tie. And, man, if if Manfred ever gets any wrong ideas about this, thinks that we should start ending baseball games in a tie, you know, regular season or anything like that, whew, I will be so mad. I, I don't even know if I can keep watching baseball at that point. <laughs> that would just be horrible. Um... Extra innings are one of the most fun things that can ever happen in a baseball game. And they're already screwing with them with the stupid Manfred runner on second in extra innings. I hate that because I just want to watch more baseball. When I'm watching a game and it's extra innings, it's tied up, and, you know, the the team who ends an inning up is is going to win. That's like, that is exciting. That is energizing. And I don't know. They want to change it. They want to take it away. I don't like that. Back to the results. Let's let's look at this. All right. Monday's game, Colorado Rockies 7 to 3. We lost to the Colorado Rockies 7 to 3. And as you might expect with a loss, there were less excellent amazing fun highlights to talk about. Max Muncy actually played in that one, so that that's pretty cool. We've got a lot of guys playing in this that are very much not going to be playing, not not in just this game, but in this spring training, that are very much not going to be a part of the big league team this year. 
Max Muncy only played in high A in 2022. Low A and high A, uh, about a third of the season, about a third of his games that he played were in high A and two-thirds in low A. So super cool that he is getting to come up and, and get some extra training in with the team. And the same goes for several other guys as well. A lot of pitchers, a lot of young pitchers coming up. Um, Daniel Susak, Tyler Soderstrom, you know, a lot of young guys getting getting some extra work in with this spring training, which is super cool. But let's talk about some some good results from Monday's loss. Obviously, low scoring, so nothing too crazy. But Lawrence Butler is just impressing, impressing the heck out of me and probably everybody else. He went two for two with a home run and a double, one RBI and one run scored. His... I'm not going to... I'll get to the other games in a second, but I'm just going to say that right now, as it stands, he's had six at-bats, so not very much. That's okay, but he has got five hits in those six at-bats with a home run and two doubles. (laughs) So he's got five hits, one home run, two doubles, two singles, giving him... A 2.875 OPS. So, obviously, small sample size, crazy, crazy numbers, but he is just playing out of his mind right now. So, super fun, super cool. Uh, a couple of other guys got hits as well. Uh, we we had we had four total hits, and the other the other two guys to get a hit were Tyler Wade and Jordan Diaz. Wade with two at-bats, Diaz with one and and then one walk as well. A couple of other guys pulled some walks. Brent Brooker took two walks. Uh, Ryan Noda took two walks. Nick Allen took a walk, you know. So we had had some guys that were definitely being patient at the plate. Uh, Jace Peterson took a walk, you know. Uh, Went 333 for on-base for the day on Monday for him. So, yeah, great, great uh, plate presence for a lot of the guys. Pitching, Drew Rasinski sort of got batted around a little bit. Two innings, three earned runs, uh, one walk and one strikeout, let in one home run. So, six hits and a walk in two innings. That's a little rough, you know. It's I couldn't watch the game. I don't, I don't, I didn't have that one available to me. So it's tough to say on some of these things that you would want to actually get eyes on things to see what's really going on. But, you know, it it could have been him just getting used to, you know, using the Major League Baseball. Could have been getting used to pitching against some of these other guys, you know, uh, getting settled in out in uh, the spring training area, and it could have just been uh, one one bad day, right? So it's uh, not time to overreact on, on anything. I think he's still going to be a very good pitcher for us this season. Sam Mole, one inning pitched, one earned run, two strikeouts and a walk, all right? So he let in the run, but he also got a couple strikeouts, and... 
you know, we got to get these guys loosened up and ready before we can actually judge their performances. You know, a guy might have one good day and one bad day until they finally get themselves loose and mentally ready and just working on all cylinders. So, Sam Mole, one one earned run. Zach Jackson, one inning, no runs. Uh, one strikeout, two walks. So, Zach Jackson was really good for us last year. Hopefully, he can continue to be that this season for us. We got Joe Wheeland. The last time he was in the majors, he's 33, all right? The last time he was in the majors was 2016, where he started one game for Seattle, and he was not in the minors either. He he played in the minors in 2022, and then... So I don't, I don't know if he was in, like, a different different league or, or what, but he pitched for us then after Zach Jackson, two innings, two earned runs, one walk, three hits, and one of those hits was a home run. Nolan Long, he is a minor league guy. He's 29, and he's been bouncing around the lower the lower levels of the minors, really. He made it up to double A in 2019 and did really well, but then COVID didn't pitch in 2021 either, and not sure what the reason was for that, but that was two years, no playing. Comes back last season and goes into low A, so I don't I don't know what the deal is with that, but he pitched himself pretty well. One inning, nice and clean, one strikeout, no hits, no walks. Jake Fishman, who is going to be playing in the World Baseball uh, Cup, World Baseball. It's basically if you don't know if you don't know what it is, it's I don't I can't remember what the C stands for, but it, it's the it's basically the World Cup like with soccer with soccer but with baseball. So Jake Fishman, he pitched for us on Monday, one inning, one earned run, two strikeouts, and then Garrett Acton, a young twenty-four-year-old guy who pitched in 2021 and and last year in the minors, made it all the way up to AAA last season, so he really, the A's have been progressing him very quickly through the minor leagues, and he also uh, had a good showing for himself as well. One inning pitched, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks, no runs. So, a bit of a mixed bag for pitching on Monday, underwhelming offensively on Monday. That's sort of the summary, aside from just a couple of the guys having having good patient at-bats and Lawrence Butler obviously just smacking the garbage out of the baseball. Tuesday, we played the Angels and lost 11-5, to putting the A's at two, two wins, two losses. Here we had a little bit more offense than Monday, but... The pitching gave up quite a bit more home runs. So, oh, on Monday's game, on the uh, top performers, Lawrence Butler was the only A in the top performers. That makes sense. He was number two. So Tuesday's game, we had eight walks. That is a lot of patience. That's, That's a good 
patience at the plate for the team. Seven hits and nine strikeouts. So bit high on the strikeouts, bit low on the hits. The walks, that's a, that's a great number for walks. And we basically just had guys on base all day and didn't do anything with it, really. Jesus Aguilar walked three times in three plate appearances, and, oh, wait, 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 I'm forgetting something about Monday. There were two stolen bases. Brent Rooker and Nick Allen both stole a base. That just wasn't listed in the box score here, but there were two stolen bases, and Wade also, his one hit was a triple. So, good for you, Wade, and always love to see the stolen bases as well. Back to Tuesday's game. We had a lot of, like I said, seven hits. It was very nice. We we had Jace Peterson with a big-time three-run home run, which that's a fun one. And he was the only home run of the game. Shea Langoliers hit himself a double. And then we had uh, Dermis Garcia, Seth Brown, Connor Capel, Ryan Noda, and Denzel Clark. Those were all the guys that got a hit, right, in the game. They, they all pulled a single. Asturi Ruiz had a nice sack fly and also stole himself a base. Connor Capel stole a base also. And the offense was definitely picking up a little bit more for this game compared to Mondays. On the pitching side, that was a very exciting game in parts, pitching-wise. Because Fujinami got to start that game off against Shohei Otani. So it was the Fuji Otani storyline that that everyone has been really excited about for this season. And And Fuji basically had a great first appearance for the team. He went two innings, allowed three walks and one hit. I think the three walks were like the the first guys that he faced, actually, and, and then he just cleaned up cleaned up the mess and got out of the jam and he threw twenty five pitches and grabbed three strikeouts in those two innings. Fuji is uh He's already exciting at this point, and I think only going to get more exciting as people sort of realize, I think, you know, what what we have with him. Garrett Williams came out and pitched one nice clean inning for him as well. One strikeout, no walks, no hits. Trevor May struggled a little bit in his one-inning debut in relief here. Two earned runs, one home run, so, you know, he he let in, I think, single and a home run, and then struck out two guys and closed out the side. So that, you know, letting the long ball go, but he, again, is coming off injury from last season, so he's got to get himself right. I'm sure he will. He is a very good big league pitcher, who has been around for a while, so I'm sure we'll see him get dialed in more. Ken Waldachuk really struggled in that. 
one inning that he pitched in on Tuesday. Two hits, two walks, one of the hits was a home run. He only pitched one inning and three earned runs. So he got he got knocked around a little bit. I'm sure he'll figure it out too. Austin Pruitt, he had a bit of a rough... You can see that there's a stretch in here for four straight innings where the A's had a rough time pitching on in Tuesday's game. Austin Pruitt, three hits, two two earned runs, one inning, and then Hogan Harris, he pitched for two outs in his inning in relief and four walks, two runs, two runs in. That's that's a little bit rough right there. And Chase Cohen came in and cleaned up his mess a little bit for him. Although he had a couple of walks in there too, but he only needed to get the one out. He got the out. And the inning after that, Rico Garcia, who played on the Orioles last season, did all right, four and a half ERA, eight innings pitched for them. And he pitched one inning there for us and, and got allowed one hit, but got two strikeouts. No earned runs, good performance there. And then a little bit more rough pitching to close the game out with the one inning there from Hunter Brialt, I think. That's how that's how I'm going to pronounce it, Brialt. Hunter Brialt, he, uh, he pitched one inning, two earned runs, two walks, two hits. So a lot of young guys that have mostly only played at low-level minor league levels here. And the story of Tuesday's game was basically, yeah, the bats were swinging okay. Not, not fantastic, but, but good. But the pitching was all over the place. A lot of walks. A lot of walks we gave up there. You know, 13 walks <laughs> is a lot of walks. Also a lot of strikeouts. 13 strikeouts is pretty high. So we got some guys who clearly are still working on their command, right? They're they're still figuring out their consistency and their placement. And some of them will figure it out. As, the, as part of this spring training process. Others will probably, that will be what, you know, keeps them down in the minors for a little bit longer. And some of them, some of, some of these players are not really planning, the, the team is not really planning on bringing them up into the big leagues this season at all. This is more just for them to get a little bit of extra training time, I think. Finally, let's talk about Wednesday's game, the tie game with the Reds, 14-14, to and I actually got to watch part of this game, and I have a few things to say about it. <laughs> we'll start with some good, all right? And now, on to Wednesday. The top performer of the, performer of the game from the A's was, again, Lawrence Butler as the second top performer. And he went two for two on the day with a triple, a walk, three RBIs, two runs scored, and a stolen base. All right, so that is how you get to 
an 8.33 batting average, and a 2.875 OPS. When you see a scoreline that's 14 to 14, you it it should be pretty clear that both teams were swinging the bat well enough, and more significantly than that, both teams were not pitching very well. <laughs> I mean, it takes it takes two, right? You have to you have to hit the ball, you have to hit the ball decently, and it's easier to do that if the if they are not pitching the ball very well. There were not a lot of walks for the A's to to make this scoreline happen. It was mostly all hits. The A's had 17 hits in Wednesday's game and only six walks. And in comparison, the Reds were walked 10 times, so a lot of walks from A's pitching, and they had 12 hits... So, if it wasn't for all the walks, then the A's probably would have won this one. I know it's just a spring training game, and it doesn't really matter, and we are just playing guys to get them playing time, essentially, but I have to be honest, I am hungry for some wins. After last season, I want some wins. I know that they don't matter, but I still want to see wins this spring training. And I would have liked to see a little bit of a different philosophy from Mark Kotze on on this game. And, you know, even though they're spring training games, you've got to think that the mentality of the players are affected by whether they win or lose or tie, you know, like this game. I know for me, I would be frustrated if we were just losing all of our spring training games, right? So I think notching some wins on the belt is going to do a lot to help get some of the guys, you know, some, some of the guys who are going to be sticking around and playing at the major league level this year. It's going to give them some of the motivation that they need. And it really just should have been managed a little bit differently, in my opinion. So first, all right, let's talk about the batting performances. Obviously, 17 hits and 6 walks. We were just doing amazing offensively this game. And that uh, Lawrence Butler, like I said, was, you know, the only A in the top three, but really it probably should have been a couple other people, too. Brent Rooker had a double for his only hit of the day in three at-bats. Christian Pache hit a triple. All right, that's a big deal. Displaying speed and power, getting those extra base hits, he went two for two with a walk. So he was on base every time he was at the plate today. And that is, I mean, that's a big deal because if he doesn't show us something like he did on Wednesday, then he could potentially be DFA'd. He's out of options, and he would just be set free to go walk off to some other team's minor league system, probably. And that would suck, because he's supposed to be good. 
He's got a great glove. He's very fast. He's got a good personality. He's got the mentality to be a big leaguer. He he wants to be a star. He thinks he is a star. You know, you kind of have to have that to be good. But the bat just hasn't been there. Today, his bat was there. And he played both center field and left field in this game. He It's, it's good to see that actually playing left field because... So far, I've only seen him play center, and you do want people, you know, if you can play center field, you can play left or right field, no problem. But you, a lot of guys won't want to give up that position, you know. I'm a center fielder, put me in center field, and it's good that he is willing to accept a corner outfield position in some circumstances, right? We've got a lot of, a lot of outfielders, and we got to figure out who's going where. And if he wants to be a part of this squad, then it's a good sign that he's willing to jump into the corner if asked. And, you know, it's great to see his bat liven up a little bit. J.J. Blade hit himself a double with his uh, one hit in three at-bats. And then Tyler Soderstrom hit a double as well. He went three for four with two runs scored and one RBI. So, excellent day from him. I feel like that is, you know, it's it's worthy of a top three performance, you know, top performers list, potentially over their third guy from, from uh, the Reds, Encarnacion Strand, who went two for three with a home run and five RBIs, but... You know, some uh, some Reds players obviously also had some nice performances, given that they also went for 14 home run or 14 runs scored, right? So Tyler Soderstrom, great day from him, though. You know, that's that's the point of what I'm what I'm saying here, talking about him. He he played excellently again and really showed us, you know, what we have to look forward to from him in the future. And I, I've i said it before, and I'll say it again, I do not think that we should see him this year. Just in, in the big leagues, I think that he, you know, if we pull him up this year, then we're basically losing, you know, a year of team control of him. I know, you know, people kind of get a bad taste in their mouth talking about, like, manipulating player service time because it, it's like... A disadvantage to the player, but just speaking strictly from the team, from from a fan's perspective here, the right thing to do is to not pull him up this season so that he can actually make his debut when he's a little bit more polished and defensively ready to slot in at first base and when our team is going to be better more coming together, and then it'll be, you know, the right time for him to make an appearance. But we'll just have to see what the A's want to do with that, you know, what they what they want to do with him. Lawrence Butler hit himself a triple, like I, like I said, he went two for two with a single and a triple, and then we had a handful of home runs, right? Tyler Soderstrom, so he had a double and a home run 
like I said, he should probably be in that third slot of the top performers list. That would be what I would say there. Three for four with a double, a single, and a home run. And <laughs> I don't know. And I know he only had one RBI, but he also scored two runs himself. Kevin Crone, the younger brother of CJ Crone, he hit a home run on Wednesday going one-for-one one with two runs scored and two RBIs. Cody Thomas hit a home run in the eighth inning, putting him at one-for-three. And then some of the other guys that snagged hits here and there, Nick Allen, Brooks, Dermis Garcia, Geloff, Kevin Smith, and Wade. On another offensive note, the stolen bases were pretty solid, on in Wednesday's game, Kevin Smith with a stolen base, Lawrence Butler with a stolen base, and Tyler Wade also with a stolen base. Pitching. Now here's where I have some stuff to say, all right? Uh, Adrian Martinez, great performance from him. Two innings pitched, one walk, one hit, one strikeout, no runs. And he's one that I had been iffy about running as a starter. Talking about, you know, maybe he will get some appearances coming out in relief for the A's this coming season. You know, we were a little crowded on the rotation side, and we, you know, I like the other guys better for the rotation. But, you know, he has some performances like this. You might, you might get me to start changing my tune. Great performance from him. Hopefully we can see some more of that. Luis Medina with a hold and one inning, one earned run, one walk, one strikeout, one hit, and not great, but you sometimes you let in a run, you know, a walk and a hit, and hey, it happens, you know. Um, you, you get the hold in a, in a game situation like that. You can live with someone letting in one run, in one inning of relief from time to time. <laughs> uh, Drew Steckenrider, he had a great appearance. One inning, no strikeouts, but no walks, no hits, no runs. Chad Smith, great appearance from him after his rocky inning from the other day where he... So on Wednesday, he went one inning, one walk, one strikeout, no hits, no runs, and brought his ERA down a little bit. Here's where it starts to get rough. So at this point, we are in the sixth inning, all right? And the A's are leading 3-1, to one, so still a pretty close game. And after the top of the sixth, we're up 4-1, to one, and we put in Norhe Ruiz. One inning pitched, two earned runs, one hit, one walk. The hit was a home run, so there you go. That happens, you know, you walk a guy, and then, bam, home run. That's just what happens. But Trey Supak came in next. He he had two hits. One of them was a home run. It was just a solo bomb, so he went, you know, gave up the home run, gave up a, gave up a hit, and then got out of the inning. Same thing as with Norhe Ruiz, you know. Hey, it happens. You, you let in a hit. Sometimes that hit's going to be a home run. Okay. 
at this point, it's the seventh inning, the end of the seventh inning, and it's six to four, and the A's are leading. That's not really very much room. So what did we do? Top of the eighth, we scored four runs, ten to four at that point. Who do we put in to pitch? We put in Jorge Juan, who had a fine day the other day, but on this day, Wednesday, he just, he struggled with his command, all right? When he pitched his other inning the other day, he got three strikeouts. When he pitched this one, he got no outs at all. He threw 15 straight balls, and then on the 16th pitch, with the bases loaded and the count 3-0, and he throws a home run. He, I mean, he didn't throw a home run. He throws a strike, his first strike of four batters, which is then hit for a home run for a grand slam. No outs, <laughs> just walks three guys and then gives up a home run, and then gets pulled from the game. And that's a mess. <laughs> and we're, we're up by two runs at this point. So then we, we put in Trayson Kubo. And he's a young guy, all right? He's 25. The highest level he's pitched at is AA for three games. And... He's just, you know, he's one of these young guys that's coming in, getting a little uh, getting a little look, getting a little bit of extra training, and, you know, he is clearly not ready for the big leagues. You know, him and Jorge Juan both, you know, that they've got some command issues to sort out. Trayson Kubo, he saw 10 batters, all right? He saw 10 batters. And he did not get out of the inning. He only got two outs. He he had three walks and five hits for six earned runs. And that, if you thought Jorge Juan had a rough time with his, you know, three walks followed by a grand slam, Trace and Kubo, my God, he was he was left in there to die. Three walks and five hits, let in six runs, and and you know how how do you let it get to that point? You know, I mean, I I have to ask, how many pitches did he throw for that to happen? Well, twenty is the answer. <laughs> so, not really that many pitches to throw for that sort of a result and only to get two outs. And so it's at this point where I'm... This is what I'm... And, and so, all right, I'll just say, Katze then brought in Calvin Coker to clean up the mess and get us out of the inning, and then he left him in for the ninth inning to close out the game. So he went 1.1 with a hit and two strikeouts, no runs, no walks. But, man, I just... Mark Katze, come on, you know, is when it's a close game at that point, it's 10 to 8, and you're going to put in a guy who's pitched three games at double A, and, and that's it. And you're going to put him in... I I know 
give these guys their shot and everything else, and I'm fine with that, but when it's a close game towards the end of the game, I would have liked to see one of our more experienced relievers in in a situation like that where they need they need work too, you know, they need to get some practice in, get in the groove and they also need to be in some situations where there's a little bit of pressure where the team just let in a bunch of runs and the opponent caught up to us and that's that's a good situation mentally to bring in some of these guys who are going to need to deal with that in the major leagues this year. And, you know, there's still some guys that haven't had that much work yet. The Some, some of our more big league type of players. So I'm just left wondering, why didn't we put in, I don't know, some someone like uh, Sam Mull, someone like Freddie Tarnock? You know, we we got to get those guys some games too. Sam Mole hasn't pitched since Monday. You know, he only pitched one inning. He only threw 14 pitches. And and there's other guys that we could have went with as well. Like I said, Freddie Tarnock, he hasn't pitched since Saturday. And he did throw two innings. And, you know, but that, that was only 15 pitches. I don't know. Why don't... <laughs> I'm just I'm just left scratching my head saying why did we choose to do that? <laughs> and yeah, it was uh confusing and a little bit frustrating because like I said, hungry for some wins after last season. Let's get the morale going. Luckily, the A's were able to score 4 in the ninth and let in 0 to tie the game up and sadly Tie games are a final result in spring training. So we didn't get to see any extra baseball there. We didn't get to get any extra practice for our guys. Sort of a weird game. That's that's what I'll say about it. A lot of offense from us. Not really as much from the Reds as the scoreline tells you. Because, you know, just... Walking, walking so many guys in one inning. They scored 10 runs in one inning. You know, that was more on us being making mistakes as opposed to them being good, them, them earning their hits, right? So definitely a bit of a weird game. Hopefully our other games, the rest of the spring training games, do not end in ties like that because that sucks, but I'm excited to watch uh, tomorrow's game. I'm excited to watch all the games, really, and I'll be listening on the radio when I can and catching the game live when I can do that. All right, that'll that'll do it for today. Hopefully we get to see uh, some, more, some more of our big league guys in the next couple of games pitching, Danny Jimenez and Sam Mole and Freddie Tarnock and some of some of the uh names that we know a little bit better that'll be fun but i will be back on monday with more a's talk for you and until then have a great weekend have a great rest of your week and i will see you next time